This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the podcast, Andrew Ferreira is back on with Weird Science, an update of that Chinese rocket which did not smash into anything. Gravity did its part and it landed in the water. But how about alien life next door in the solar system down the road? Turns out they had a campfire and might not have survived if there was. On In Case You Missed It, Ryan shares the incredible story of a dog who found her birth mom who starred on her favorite TV show, and that was actually her mom. Plus, are you okay with popsicles? All of this is coming up on the Shift Daily Podcast. Are you okay? You want to contribute to Are You Okay? You can. 877-399-9898. Calls, text, all welcome. Are you okay with popsicles? On a yes. hot summer day, yeah. Today, no. no, not so much. Really? Oh, I, I, I got to be honest. It's my favorite munchies food. If I ever have the munchies, that's my favorite treat. I love them. Specifically, the best popsicle in the world is that rocket one, you know, that's like blue and then white and red because the blue good. flavor is the best flavor. <laughs> yeah. You don't get intense brain freeze? Is that just me? Like power I get through that the pain. Oh. Beauty is pain. You got to power through it. I don't know. Enjoy I, it. I find the brain freeze is one of the worst experiences in life. I mean, that's overblowing it completely, but still I suck. can't stand the brain freeze at all. Oh. <laughs> one of the worst experiences in life <laughs> oh that's life so hard first world problems hashtag blessed slightly dramatic i know okay so let me there was one that was called it was like a ghost it was shaped like a ghost it looked like a pac-man ghost but its nose was a gumball that was when i used to uh wait for the dicky d to come by the guy with the bike with the the bike was the cooler and the ding a ling a ling a ling that was the best. That was when you didn't have the ice cream man and the really bad music. Ice cream! That's the ice cream man! Now, there is some... Um, that was amazing. See, but I, I tend to gravitate towards the Mr. Freeze. The Mr. Freeze is amazing. It's self-contained. And then you get the very end where you kind of wring it out to get all the juice out. Yeah, You don't get that with a popsicle. 45 minutes to open them. And you, you can never get it. You try to tear it. It doesn't work. You use your teeth. You end up just like tearing it apart. Dude, you're I missing agree. out. They're great. But then no, you, you use, use the scissors, scissors. You clip and... the top, and then you clip the two edges so you don't cut your mouth. But what if you're at the beach and somebody hands you one? Like this happened to me all the time in school. If we went on field trips, yeah. they'd bring freezies, but nobody would bring the scissors. Well, Game you over. need better friends. Yeah, because if someone's going to bring a frozen cooler filled with frozen treats... That's like going to a party without a bottle opener, dude. Like, you just come prepared. They're pretty sweet at the beach, too. I like that right at the end when there's, like, a little bit of both frozen and a little bit of juice, and you drink drink the end. I like that. That's the best part. I agree. Steve says ice cream sandwich. Allie says creamsicle. Um, I do like a good dilly bar. That's like a popsicle. That's a fair ball. And a drumstick, man. When you get the drumstick with the oh, yeah. like the extra chocolate chunk on the bottom. It's oh, the best. Yeah, drumsticks. Totally. Man, they're so mm. good. I didn't know they were included in this, but I'm, I'm all for drumsticks. Yeah. All right. Well, a four-year-old kid named Noah Ruiz loves two things. He loves popsicles, 
and he loves SpongeBob. Little did he know that there is a SpongeBob popsicle. It's fruity. It's delicious. It's perfect for spring heat. So when he discovered SpongeBob popsicles, he did what we all would do. He bought them. A lot of them. Like all of them. Here's a story from NBC11. You can find just about anything your heart desires on Amazon. For four-year-old Noah Bryant, his heart desires popsicles, more than 900 of them. The little boy managed to place an order for nearly $3,000 worth of SpongeBob SquarePants-themed frozen treats. And while Noah is all smiles about his purchase, mom Jennifer was not. The popsicles were non-refundable, which left the single mom stuck with quite the bill, and they started a GoFundMe to help cover the splurge. <laughs> that's like when you uh, use your mom's credit card to buy a video game or something online times 900 <laughs> oh my God. yeah and then he gets busted because it shows up with all the boxes so pretty cool stuff according to cnn gofundme that was uh put up to pay off the popsicles to help out his mom um i'm guessing they're non-returnable um, they paid him off within 24 hours. Donations kept coming in because the story was so cute, climbing way beyond the original target. Jennifer says she'll use the extra money to pay for Noah's schooling and some extra educational support he needs. Uh, maybe she could subscribe to a password keeper or something. Just, you know, to keep him off the computer. Um, pretty remarkable. Although Catherine did ask me to uh, clarify one thing. Uh, when I said the ice cream man on the bike with a scooter riding along with his dingling. She asked me oh. to put that into context. Yeah, maybe a yeah. little important there. Yeah. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! I can't hear you! Aye, aye, Captain! Oh! <laughs> Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants! That's over the yellow and porous is he! SpongeBob SquarePants! If not a tunnel, it'd be something, be something you wish. Ah. Can never go wrong. My childhood. Right there. Right there. Special. All right. Triangular popsicles are awesome. Hmm. Chocolate with nuts on a stick. I'm reading these verbatim. <laughs> I was <laughs> drumstick. Oh yeah. Uh I would spend my bus money on ice cream sandwiches and have to walk home. Oh, that's smart. Oh, I love an ice cream sandwich, too. I'm going to upvote the the ice cream sandwich for sure. 100%. Those frozen peppermint ones were always pretty good, too. All right. I think the rocket, though, is kind of like the quintessential classic summer treat. Yep. I think you nailed it right. All comes back to it. This is Are You Okay on The Shift. Let's take this one completely out of context. She will rise from her grave to seek the blood of the living. Lucy was my ward. I won't permit you to desecrate her body in such a vile manner. It, it's sacrilegious. But, Dr. Seward, shouldn't we at least stand guard over Lucy's grave just to make sure? No. I'm having serious doubts about this whole vampire theory. For heaven's sake, who in all of England, by the very furthest stretch of the imagination, could possibly be a vampire? Count Dracula. Well, maybe him. Are you okay? Are you okay with Count Dracula? 
Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I sure. Love va- I love old vampire legends. I mean, there was that period in the 2000s with the twilight and the glitter and the edginess, that big no-no. But old vampire stuff and current stuff with what we do in the shadows, yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Hotel Transylvania, awesome. I mm-hmm. love how they go to Hawiwi. Not a big surprise there. Also, thumbs up for Count Chocula, just saying. He deserves more respect. Not to mention the Count. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Everyone's Ooh, favorite. Ah, ah, ah. All right, so are you okay with Count Dracula's castle? Mm. Yes. I would say yes. Always. Want to cool. go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Nice Love aesthetic, castles. yeah. So according to CBS, Bran Castle in Romania often referred to as Dracula's Castle, will have, maybe not what you expect, free Pfizer vaccines for visitors every weekend in May. <laughs> wow. This is, a, this is the new promotional <laughs> opportunity. Come check out our castle, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone who arrives before 10 gets a free vaccine and a bobblehead. So... um the site is certainly having some fun with its push for vaccinations. Medics can be seen sporting fang stickers and signs featuring ferocious teeth replaced by needles. And uh, you can go get vaccines at Count Chocula's there. Ah, ah. Visitors can show up without an appointment. They'll also receive free admission to the castle's exhibit of medieval torture instruments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so if you want to travel, the BBC notes officials are hoping the Brand Castle's vaccine drive is a boon for both vaccination rates and tourism numbers. The castle has seen fewer visitors lately due to the pandemic. There's a joke there about there's very few return visitors to the castle because you never leave. Dun, dun, dun. Very scary. All right. It'd be funny with the vaccines if they showed up with like a wooden stake and they're oh, like, okay, oh, yeah. here's your vaccine. That'd uh, be on uh, brand, too. Yeah, very appropriate. That's fun, though. I mean, if you're it's going to take full castle. advantage of a pandemic, I mean, that's fun. And I would love mm. to see that castle. It's where Spooky. like Vlad the Impaler did all his work, man. There's some dark history in that castle, and now they're like, let's turn it into a fun vaccination playground. I, yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah, love that's it. That's right. Come sit over here in the beheading chair, and we'll give you your shot. <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone stay back six feet apart. That's roughly the distance of a body stretcher, like stretcher, not like a stretcher. Okay, are you okay? Are you okay with turkeys? Well, I started eating meat again, so maybe I'll try some turkey next. Ooh, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I nah. I could if if somebody told me you never have to you can never eat turkey again, I it wouldn't be the end of the world. The stuffing oh, is what right. I care more about, oh, but yeah, the turkey every time I have it it's just kind of like I'd rather be eating a lasagna. Or something like that. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never you need to come out. You come to the Hewitts for turkey. We'll make a turkey that you'll never go back. Okay. All right. I'll hold you and to that. I my friend does deep fried turkey. Have you ever had deep fried turkey? Oh yeah. No. See there, you piqued my interest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So here's the thing. Not only do they do deep fried turkey, but they use the flavor injectors. Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. 
It's a giant needle that you insert into your um, turkey. And what he does is he shoots in Frank's hot sauce right into the turkey meat and then deep fries it. So when you cut it, it's already got the Frank's mixed into it. Just saying. Okay. (laughs) Right? All right. Anyway, his name is Cade, and he's amazing. So if you could have a turkey, like, super fancy one, Gordon Ramsay style, I mean, I think that would change your mind, Ryan. Here's the clip. For me, without question, the star of the Christmas dinner is this, a delicious turkey. Now, once this is in the oven, you're halfway there. The secret success behind a great Christmas dinner is making sure this doesn't turn out dry and is all in the preparation. Now, we're going to make an amazing butter. And this is sort of the start of the the most important part, keeping that bird incredibly moist. Soft butter. Moist. A nice moist turkey. Yeah, moist is not a good word in general. Nope. Not many people find the word moist as like a comforting word. Yeah, no. It's just one of those Even words. Even from Gordon just... Ramsay. <laughs> yeah. All right, so speaking of turkeys, which was being cooked in that little clip there, a Missouri man, see what I did there? Missouri. A Missouri man um, was out and about, and he was mistaken for a turkey by a hunter. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> According to NBC News, a hiker in Missouri was seriously injured after being shot by a hunter who mistook him for a turkey. Oh, no. It wasn't Dick Cheney again, was it? No, I think he is okay. okay. Gobble, gobble. Uh, Neither the wounded hiker nor the hunter has been identified. The hiker was in serious condition after being shot. Witnesses told KSDK News. That they believe the shooting was a freak accident and that hikers sometimes wear bright colors to prevent being mistaken for a turkey. I have a question. Okay, if you're hiking, yes, you wear clothes that are, you know, bright in case something goes wrong and all that stuff. Why is it the only line in here is about that the hiker's mistaken identity was the hiker? How about the guy with a gun should put his glasses on? Do you think it was just the guy felt movement and immediately first instinct was shoot? That's the only way I could, because unless this guy was had feathers on his boots or something, like, I don't well, get it. The only way I can think that this is excusable is if the hiker had terribly short legs and a very, very wide waistline. Hmm. Because how is it? I mean, unless the hunter was going, that's the biggest turkey I've ever seen in my life. And don't, how do you mistake a human for a turkey? Can't wait to put that on the wall. <laughs> oh, man. Was the guy like trotting too? Don't turkeys trot? Like, don't they have specific movement very different well, they, than humans? Well, they're very angry. So yeah. maybe he was an angry yeah. hiker. Yeah, that's true. So it was very bad timing for the man as turkey hunting season ended on Sunday in. Missouri. Oh, no. So, okay, well, Hunter, uh, he did not catch a turkey, but he caught himself a Steve. So, hmm. you know, everybody wins, I guess. This is the Shift Podcast. 
Andrew Ferreira is weird. So weird, he loves science more than sleep and other people. It's time for Andrew Ferreira's Weird Science. I can tell you what he doesn't like, and that's photographs. Andrew C. Ferreira, how are you? Before we get started, I just want to, uh, for everyone who's looking for Ryan Recker, Ryan Recker has taken a day job. Oh, got an email. Sorry. Excuse me while I mute my tab. Um, uh, Ryan Recker's taken a a day job, so he is going to continue to be on the shift in some fashion. It's just not going to be the same way that we used to do it. Uh, Maybe next week. I, um, I hope so. Andrew Ferreira, how are you? It's been a big geekery weekend. It has. I spent lots of time staring at maps and watching coordinates do their coordinate things and the like. So on Friday, I know you were chatting with John Jang about this Chinese rocket thing. Yep. And yep, yep. Um, since that conversation happened, a gravity has run its course and the rocket has been reliberated back to the planet. And can you maybe recap yes. for everyone who didn't catch what you talked about on Friday, the basics of the Chinese rocket and then I think the gravity part, most everyone's got figured out. And then what happened? Yeah. So the only reason that we were even on Rocket Watch for this weekend uh, was because China's in the process of building its own space station. Because fun fact, China isn't allowed to send, and they call them Taikonauts, uh, to the International Space Station. NASA explicitly bars it. Um, so China's like, well, fine. You can keep your dumb space station. We'll make our own cooler space station. Um, and so that's what they've been doing. And so this rocket, um, before I get into it, first of all, this isn't the first time that China's decided to launch stuff and then play, hope it doesn't hit a city, uh, with the rocket after that. Um, (laughs) but what they were, the first thing that they did, uh, this was to launch the core module of the Chinese space station called Tianhe, which means, um, uh, heavenly, like harmony, kind of that kind of. Thing. I'm not really sure. The nuance is probably different. So if I'm getting it wrong, please uh, insult me on Twitter. Um, so basically, once it launched the the segment of the space station and it went up there successfully, so it's all happy, you know, hunky dory, chilling in space. Um, it's not like SpaceX or the space shuttle or literally every single other um, rocket, you know, nation or company or organization where they've got contingency plans for what to do with the booster after it's done its boosting. Uh, China just kind of goes, well, let's just hope it doesn't hit anything. Um, And it does this uncontrolled fall back to Earth. Um, I get that because that's kind of how I play billiards. Oh, that's not a very good way to play billiards. Well, I don't win often, but, you know, sometimes lots of things go in. It's about having fun. Mm -hmm. And, and, I mean, in this case, there would not have been a lot of fun if, you know, a 20-ton hunk of metal landed on your house and killed you. Um, Luckily, that didn't happen. Uh, It broke up over the Arabian Peninsula as it was falling in, and pieces of it probably fell into the ocean near the Maldives. Um, And so, you know, no, in this instance, uh, no harm, no foul. uh, But they really got to cut this crap out. Like, this isn't the first time that China's kind of just said whatever to this. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, another piece of a Long March 5B rocket um, uh, crash-landed in a village in Cote d'Ivoire um, in Western Africa. Uh, so that could have been a lot worse than it was. Um, but China hasn't really said much about any you know, plans to recover these boosters or anything like that. Um, so it's either it's a mix of them simply just not caring and them not having the technological capability of 
of, re of recovering these or at least controlling how they enter the Earth's atmosphere, as a lot of countries do. They plot their trajectories in such a way that the rocket uh, falls back to Earth in a way that guarantees that it falls over the ocean. Um, Chinese rocket, oh. uh, the Chinese space agency doesn't really seem to have that going for them, and they don't really seem to want to change that. So, Well, still statistically speaking, I mean, if you were playing craps and rolling the dice, based on the amount of water and land ratio on the planet, there's a pretty good chance you can save a lot of money if you just roll the dice and let it ride. Exactly. And, well, and uh, that's, yeah, that's probably... Maybe it's, maybe it's a budget thing. That I'm, I mean, I'm sure part of it is a budget thing, but you also have to remember that the Chinese central government, um, the space agency, like every other agency in China, is a direct arm of the central government. Uh, and China kind of sees this new space race um, as a point of national pride. So I don't think there is any want for money in this. I don't think I don't think that if a lead, if a lead Chinese scientist goes to the central government and says, um, we want money to make our rockets not crash into people, probably, uh, the Chinese government's not going to say no. Because if it does, that would be an incredible hit um, to their PR, uh, to their image. Um, and God forbid it lands, you know, needless to say anywhere on earth but god forbid it lands on a chinese city um, yeah well you know, yeah that, that would, would be, be even worse i um that also leads me to the other part and this is maybe me conspiracy theory e also mm -hmm. maybe a little political for weird science but the reality is is that as long as it doesn't hit a chinese city they can always just pretend it didn't happen domestically oh, yeah right yeah like so that, that. and that's yep yeah, that that's a fact too like you know they the chinese government does have complete control or as much control as they can reasonably get um, over the internet in and out of the country. So anything that they don't agree with, they will censor. And this is, you know, this isn't a political statement. This is a fact, right? Mm -hmm. um, they will censor things that they do not like and they do not want citizens to see. Um, yeah. So that's a good point. But anyway, uh, enough so of the politics. China, I'm, well, yeah, so China blames the U.S. for hyping up fears. And then um, the U.S. says, yeah, we need to track this because there was no control at all. So kind of yes. careening out of control. So was, the, um, yeah. the politi the politics, or at least the, uh, the PR is in, is in full, uh, full effect right now. Yeah. The, the public relation blasters are, are going full force and how that, you know, settles. I honestly don't care. Um, all I, all I care about is whether or not China decides to figure it out for, you know, to put it respectfully to just figure it out because it's unacceptable really. Um, it's just completely unnecessary risk. The, the well, this, the this, uh, it's the first time that I've really connected the dots in, in this conversation, prepping for this conversation was the word space race again, because it's been so long since we've heard space race. And I just I guess I never looked at it through that lens, but it really, that really is what's going on. It truly is a space race right now. Yep. The next, you know, back in ye olden days, uh, the, the race was for the first uh, first man on the moon, um, and now the race is the first settlement on the moon, right? Um, that's mm -hmm. kind of where it is. And, you know, NASA, uh, SpaceX, uh, all the American companies are fighting against India, are fighting against China, um, fighting against Russia to get folks back to the moon. Um, and this is the new space race. It's a new demonstration of technology. And uh, as it looks right now, uh, America's winning again right now. But, you know, as it looks right now. The power of the power of, of science and technology and stuff. Who knows what China's got cooking, or Russia, or India, or any other country's got cooking right now? Yeah. Um, it could be very interesting. 
Andrew C. Ferreira and the Weird Science. Now, this other story about a neighboring solar system, I sort of described as it looks like one of our neighbors had one hell of a campfire. Maybe you could translate that into more science for everybody. Yeah, so the sun's nearest star at a very, very close, about four and a quarter light years away, um, is called Proxima Centauri. Um, now, this is a red dwarf star. It's So it's small. It's the most common type of star in the galaxy. It's small. It doesn't burn very hot. Um, and it lives for, theoretically, hundreds of billions of years. Uh, of course, there's no way to know that. Did we just lose him? Ah, oh, nuts. That was good. What happened? It was good. I was ready Power to hear about out? aliens. I know. I wanted to hear about the campfire. I don't know. Say something funny. Say something funny. Well, I was just going to say, if can you imagine if the first sign of alien life was, a you know, it's a sh- sh- big shine of light. I feel like it would have been something cooler. Like we saw a UFO flying over Mars or a giant pillar of alien rock is now floating over the moon. Oh, that would be a bad sign. Oh, that there he is. A, yeah. That, there, he's that got would be a point. horrific sign. Like if <laughs> wow. there was a random rock obelisk over the moon, I, we're done. You know what's like, amazing? Humanity's done. What's up? <laughs> well, we talk about traveling to space, and we can't yeah. even keep a internet connection solid here. So <laughs> no, that's uh, okay. I blame right. I blame my internet connection. It gets spotty right. at night. It doesn't all want right. me to. It's the aliens trying to get me to not dump on them. Uh, all, of those, but, all of those neighbors surfing late night stuff. Oh well, I mean, hey, power to you. That's what I'm doing in about eight minutes. Um, oh dear God. Hey, I never said what late night stuff was. Anyway, yes, Saturday Night um, Live, clearly. Oh, yeah, Elon Musk. Um, but basically, I don't know where I left off, so I'm just going to go back a few paces and continue. So this nearby star system, Proxima Centauri, has got a red dwarf, and red dwarfs are the most common kind of star in the galaxy. Um, so it stands to reason that if we're going to find a, you know another planet with life, it'll probably be around a red dwarf, just because of the odds. Um, so for a long time, scientists have kind of thought that um, there's going to be you know, we ca- we've got a essentially a next door neighbor worth of a shot to look for life. Um, and for a long time, Proctor Centauri was thought to be maybe we could. Um, we have enough evidence to say that there are planets around it. Um, we've even named them. This one planet is Proxima Centauri B. It's considered mm. to be Earth-like, so it's about the same size of Earth. It lies within the star's habitable zone. Uh, so liquid water could theoretically exist on its surface. Um so for a long time, Proxima Centauri B has captured our imaginations as, well, maybe we've got aliens living right next door. A uh, new study says, nope. Nope. They uh, they are not. Like, <laughs> the... I thought what... we lost you there for another second. That was nope. a good pause. No, okay, no. Okay, just, so. Nope. Nope. So one thing about red dwarfs that's very problematic for the business of living is that they're unstable. Uh, they like being angry. Ooh, and so what oh god so like what proxima centauri did is decided to kind of blow up a little bit and essentially bask the entire solar system that it has in intense radiation which would kill anything essentially that we can think of unless it's like some kind of funky space robot um essentially kill and sterilize anything in that system uh to put it into perspective the star went from normal brightness to like fourteen thousand times brighter in about two seconds so uh-huh. if that happened to the sun, uh, we would we would all die. We would die really? fast, but we would die. 
Um, yes, because the amount of radiation that that would put out would just strip the Earth of its atmosphere. Really? And, uh, wow. That wouldn't be we, good. We would have Will Smith, and he would find a vending machine in a stadium, and I'm sure it would save everything, so we'd be all right. I would hope. But um, this kind of throws a wrench into the whole, let's hope we've got life next door. And it also throws a, a wrench into the hope of maybe we can find life around red dwarves. Because we've seen a lot of red dwarves do this. They tend to be very angry, even though they're small. It's like small dog complex. Like chihuahuas are always just the most. Like, goodness, look at them. Um, so with stars, it kind of seems to be the same. This type of, of solar flare is what it emitted. Uh, and radiation uh, absolutely sterilized whatever was nearby. And these kinds of events happen quite a lot, from what we can tell. Um so it's not a good sign for folks who have been hoping that maybe we can find life on, uh, you know, in Proxima Centauri. Perhaps there are super cool aliens who dug underground and therefore are safe from radiation. Um, who knows? But uh, at least in terms of surface life, it is not looking good. Uh, Andrew C. Ferreira, I think what I take away from all of this is that sounds like a South Pole Red Dwarf star. That's what that sounds like. A what? That's a elf joke. Is it elf? But elf. See, on elf, he's like, there's the oh. uh, North Pole elves, which are funny. Yeah. Okay. And then there's the grouchy ones that are always angry, which are the South Pole yes. elves. Yes. Yes. So that sounds you like can tell a, that it's my never a good brain joke. Is mush from from looking at at at, yeah. at you know um, all the numbers and beep boop stuff on my screen for the past four days. Also, never good when you have to explain the joke. Andrew, for thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's the Shift Podcast. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Ryan. That's how I feel on it's Monday. And it's now officially Monday, so let's start your week off with some interesting little tidbits of news you might have missed. Here's a headline for you. After 50 years, a daughter found her birth mom who starred on her favorite TV show as yeah. a child. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So her name is Lisa that's, Wright. That's, that's cool. This is crazy. This is such an awesome story. She never expected to meet her mom. Uh, she was adopted, and it was a sealed adoption. So the papers are sealed up. It's very difficult to find out who your birth uh, parent is. But she took a genetic test. And she was able to help be reunited 50 years later. So it kind of started that she knew she was adopted and she never really looked into who her mother was. And uh, her mother gave birth to her at 18. Now, eventually, Wright was convinced to do this after her son suggested she take a DNA test to find out her genetic heritage. She got the results back and she found out that she had a family match. So she decided to connect with that family match. Here's a tidbit of the story. And I have even more ridiculously amazing info after it. So this is from the Today Show. Family match. I get an alert and it says, this person is your uncle. So I just kind of reached out and said, if you're open to it, I would love to chat with you to see what all of this means. A few days later, they spoke on the phone. You know, my heart's like turning flips. He goes, you know, tell me about yourself. What do you know? So I said, well, I was born on December the 10th, 
1964. I was told that my biological mom was very young when she had me. She moved to L.A. because she wanted to be in Hollywood. And then he just stopped me right there. So then I'm thinking, okay, here it comes. He's going to say, don't ever call me again. He goes, Lisa, you're my niece. We've been looking for you. We've all been looking for you. And the surprises didn't stop there. I say, well, where is my mother? He goes, oh, she lives in L.A. And I went, oh, my God, because so do I. I Google her on my computer and her picture pops up. I just could not believe it. Like for the first time ever, other than looking at my son, for the first time, I'm looking at somebody who looks like me. Five minutes later, Lisa got another call. A voice on the other end says, is this my daughter? And and then I just went, oh, my God, is this my mother? She goes, yes, sweetie, this is your mom. It was just the most indescribable feeling. I'm talking to my mother. Like, I'm I'm talking to my mother. (laughs) Oh, that gets you in the feels, huh? Right? Punches you right in the feels in all the best ways. So this is where the story gets even crazier. So they connect, which is beautiful in of itself, and it's an immediate, you know, connection uh and so the mother said that when she gave birth she had her she was blindfolded so she wouldn't see the baby but she's like i heard her cry and she's like deep down when i heard her voice i just had this feeling that this was my daughter so beautiful story and then this is the crazy part Wright's favorite tv show when she was growing up was called That's My Mama. It was a sitcom that ran on ABC in the kind of mid-70s. And yes, her mother starred on that TV show. So once a week, when she was a child, she watched her mom on TV without even knowing it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? That, oh. that's got to be one of the most amazing it's not a coincidence that's got to be one of the most amazing connections i've heard from a new story in a long time that's something special there now right. let's get into something that is completely meaningless really stupid and we still got to talk about it because it's 2021 we got more boxing drama for you now logan paul is fighting floyd mayweather soon one of the greatest boxers of all time But the only fight I actually want to see now, and I don't love that I want to do this, is that after a confrontation last week, it looks like Mayweather and Logan Paul's brother, Jake, might be getting into a fight. Jake is the worst. uh, And anybody, if anybody needs to be put into their place, it's it's Jake. Do you ever, you know, in like high school, there was the one guy that thought way too much of himself. And then like a girl broke up with him and then it really put him in his place. And he kind of got okay after that. The guy who needs that's, to get his ass kicked. Yes, that's Jake. That's Jake Paul. Mm-hmm. Now, on Thursday, a fight broke out between Floyd and Jake after Jake acted like he was in grade four. Actually, no, grade one, maybe even kindergarten. So this mm-hmm. was happening at the promo for the Logan Paul Mayweather fight. And then Jake and Mayweather got into it. So Jake got into Floyd's face while Floyd was doing an interview. And then he, like a toddler, flipped Floyd Mayweather's hat off of his head. Just listen to this clip. It's ridiculous. Yeah, one one more time. Time. Right, right in front. Good. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
<laughs> so he I went and out. basically stole the spotlight from his brother. Is that what happened? Yep. That's exactly what happened. And do you want to know what's even crazier? That's On the dumb. Jake Paul website, which there is a Jake Paul website, you can buy hats that say gotcha hat on them. He is already marketing this. Already. Wow, it was all a plan. Yep. Yeah. It was all of course it was completely planned. Um yeah. Apparently Jake Jake did get punched in the face. He has a black eye, which kind of makes me feel a little bit better. Um <laughs> The, fl- the I fight- bare knuckles. Wait, Floyd Mayweather bare knuckles. You really want to be on the oh, other end no. of that? No, it wasn't Floyd that punched him. If Floyd's going to punch him, it'll be in the ring. It was his one of his bodyguards. Still, oh, it's just still. a stupid story. June sixth is the fight between. Like this is becoming like the WWE, which I love the WWE so much. I love wrestling, but I almost guarantee that at the boxing fight. Logan Paul's going to go down in 20 seconds and then Jake Paul's going to walk out with like theme music and hop in the ring. And it's going to be like a WWE match. I wouldn't be shocked if that's where this goes. Tag team fighting or yeah, something tag team fight. And then he'll hit him with a chair. Yep. Oh, bring it on. Like why not? If they're going to make this much drama about it, just make it into wrestling. You know, I don't want this in boxing. Boxing is very professional. Muhammad Ali, man, like, come on. And now this is what we got. Yeah, gross. This is what happens when you uh, when you let a bunch of idiots in the ring with uh, professionals. Exactly. Now let's talk about something that everybody should be excited about because this is a piece of content that I can almost guarantee will make you smile, laugh, and enjoy. In 2014, my favorite comedy film ever was released. It is a mockumentary, which is a you know the Office style called What We Do in the Shadows. It is directed by comedy legend Taika Waititi. The film is a fake documentary about medieval vampires, who are thousands of years old, living in modern-day New Zealand. It's a documentary about their life and what it is, what struggles do the everyday vampire find living in the modern day. Here's a quick clip from the trailer. It's been like this the whole time. Deacon on dishes and it still hasn't moved in five years. You're a cool guy, but you're not pulling your weight in the flat. Oh, I'm glad to hear that I'm cool. No, that's not the point though. Yeah, no, I know. Not a, I know. Flat meeting about how cool you are. When you get three vampires in a flat, obviously there's going to be a lot of tension. Viago was an 18th century dandy. Look, a ghost cop. Vladislav is a bit of a pervert. This is my torture chamber. Have either of you guys seen that movie? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. No. Got, f- oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like I should, though. You should. Mm. Now, to put this on how high of a pedestal I have this movie at, Laura made a new friend. And Laura and this friend watched What We Do in the Shadows tonight, or last night, on Zoom. And Laura said, we can be friends. She loved the movie. That is how high we hold that movie. It is brilliant, and it's the movie that put Taika on the map. Taika's doing everything, Thor and all that now. Now, the cool thing is this movie was so good that everybody jumped on it. They made two TV shows. 
The first you can watch in Canada, and it's called What We Do in the Shadows. And it's just essentially the same format as the movie, except it follows different vampires and in the United States, and it's the same format. But little did I know, there's actually a second TV show, and it's called Wellington Paranormal. And there is a scene in What We Do in the Shadows, the movie, where the vampires get caught doing something stupid and police show up, but they hypnotize the police officers so they don't recognize anything. It's one of the best scenes in the whole movie. And that scene is so good that they got the actors who play the cops in that scene and gave them their own TV show where they deal with Wellington's crazy paranormal stuff on a day-to-day basis. Here's the trailer for that. Kilda, Aotearoa. I'm Sergeant Marco of the Wellington Police. Over the last few years, there's been a rise in the number of incidents that cannot be classified as normal. They have to be considered paranormal. I made them their own special folder. It's quite thick, see? In order to deal with these cases, I have assembled Officers Minogue and O'Leary. Minogue, I'm just requesting assistance here. Put on a fence again, O'Leary. Yep. Put on a fence there. I wish we had uh, Chris Gilbert here to judge uh, (laughs) judge my Kiwi accent. But this is the amazing thing. That show has run for more seasons than the What We Do in the Shadows TV show. It's been running since 2017. And it has been completely unavailable to watch outside of New Zealand until now. June 6th, this show will be available to watch, to stream, to binge on Crave. So I might need to take a day off. <laughs> a day off. I, this is how much I love this show. I absolutely wow. adore it. But it's fantastic. You have to check this out. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. You enjoy, and you mm-hmm. let me know how it goes. <laughs> Come on. You'll love it. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. And then if you don't love it, that makes me know that we can't be friends anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wouldn't you just rather not know and we still just be friends? That would be way better. Good call. Good call. All right. 877-399-9898. Here, um, let us begin here. Do you want to do this one quickly? Yeah, you can do this one quickly. The question that we're asking is, who is the world's greatest TV mom? So we've got one more in case you missed the story. Then we're going to get in these TV moms. There's a lot of text messages. So we're doing this quick. I have some unfortunate or depending on how you feel about it, fortunate news for people living in Tirana. City Council has voted to continue the ban on dun, 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 e-scooters. That means you won't see any of the battery-powered contraptions on the street anytime soon. Some people see it as a missed opportunity, which I fall into that pit, mostly because I love them and I take them everywhere I go. But others are applauding it. Here's Matthew Bingley with more. You may see people scooting along in other cities, but you won't legally see them here. Timing is everything, and I would say for the scooter industry, the timing's just just not good. Uh, we have so much on our plate right now. City Council voting unanimously to ban e-scooters in all public areas. The prohibition includes both shared and private e-scooters, but some owners vow to ride on. I've never had any run-ins with any uh, police. Uh, you know, I, I mean, the solution is just stop at stop signs don't don't drive on the sidewalk like there's easy ways to just you know be considerate and i I, i'm hoping that by just being the responsible rider that i normally am i i don't get ticketed but we'll we'll see how that goes 
After studying other cities, Toronto opted to continue the ban on the microtransports, along with Boston, Edinburgh, and Sydney. We allow companies to launch their own bike sharing and scooter sharing system. We power that with our platform. Now, the Toronto-based company Joyride is disappointed a business boom on two wheels is forbidden. Toronto is just really just a conservative car-centric city, and that's not going to go away anytime soon. I think what the city needs to do to even um, bring scooter sharing uh, in a successful way to the city is by building more separated bike lanes. While many cities have bemoaned the clutter e-scooter shares create, others are concerned about safety. Toronto's Medical Officer of Health recommended against them to prevent injuries and deaths of both pedestrians and those riding them. But it should be a safety concern for everybody. Accessibility advocates were among the fiercest opponents because of the potential risk for those with disabilities, including threats to the visually impaired around quiet scooters. They weren't even willing to put slightly noisy bearings in the wheels to actually give them a semblance of noise. While e-scooters are banned here in Toronto, it's worth noting in some other municipalities throughout the province, they are allowed. So if you're wondering what you're missing, head over to Mississauga. They're legal there. They're, go ahead. They're not perfect. They're not perfect. They have their well, flaws. They're, they're more very dangerous useful. for the pedestrians than they are for yes. anybody else. And Absolutely. when cyclists don't even use the bike lanes because it becomes inconvenient and then they're on the sidewalk, I'm a car, I'm a pedestrian, I'm in a bike lane, I'm a car, I'm a pedestrian, I'm in a bike lane. You think the scooters are going to do it too? At least most of those bike people ride their bike every day. The scooter people are like, I'm a tourist, look at me. <laughs> like They're fun. I love them. That I've done them. Uh, they're great. But the reality is, is that I get it if they don't want to allow them. Because they're dangerous. And you know what? And I love how the guy says, all they need to do is just build more bike lanes because that's free. (laughs) No, we do not need more bike lanes, especially not in Calgary. We uh, do need more bike lanes in Calgary. You know why? You think so? Because the only reason they need more bike lanes in Calgary is because they clean those before they clean the sidewalks and the streets. It's the only place you can safely go in the wintertime. It's true. It's the same here. (laughs) That's that's weird. It's true. Paradox. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.